Did you know that olive oil is at its peak of flavor and nutrition right after it's fresh pressed at harvest time? That's why my favorite olive oil is delivered to me direct from the latest harvest, thanks to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and as a listener of Intelligent Medicine, you can try a bottle of their finest artisanal olive oil, normally $39, for just $1 with no obligation to buy anything else. I've been enjoying these harvest fresh olive oils for years. They are far and away the brightest, most lively, and flavorful olive oils I've ever tasted. Their antioxidants and polyphenols are off the charts because they're fresh from the harvest. They make store-bought olive oils taste dull and flat by comparison. Taste for yourself. Check out this generous trial offer and get your $39 bottle for a buck with no obligation to buy anything else. Visit MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. In my case, it truly is. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I am Layla Mutin, your host here. Thank you for downloading these podcasts and thank you especially for emailing me with your questions, with your topics of interest. I really enjoy those. It's fodder for me to discuss on this podcast, to research about, to give my opinion, you know, to weigh in on, right? So thank you for that. And the email is radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. If you'd like to make an appointment with me, you can. Call Liz at 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I want to dive into autoimmunity today. You know about autoimmune diseases, right? Autoimmune diseases, the big ones like lupus, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, Graves' disease, Sjogren's, Hashimoto's, sarcoidosis, uh, among others. Well, guess what? Fibromyalgia may likely be the result of autoimmune problems. This is out of Integrative Medicine, a clinician's journal, and this was released just last month, July. And new research from the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology, and Neuroscience at King's College London, in collaboration with the University of Liverpool, where the Beatles come from, <laughs> And the Karolinska Institute has shown that many of the symptoms in fibromyalgia syndrome, FMS, that's fibromyalgia syndrome, are caused by antibodies that increase the activity of pain-sensing nerves throughout the body. Wow. The results show that fibromyalgia is a disease of the immune system rather than the currently held view that it originates in the brain. Hmm. I wonder what they mean by that, if they mean like it's all in your mind kind of thing, but no, it can't. Uh, somewhat neurological. 
The study, published today in the Journal of Clinical Investigation, demonstrates that the increased pain sensitivity, muscle weakness, reduced movement, and reduced number of small nerve fibers in the skin that are typical of fibromyalgia syndrome are all a consequence of patient antibodies. Hmm. So the question is, what's causing all these antibodies? The researchers injected mice with antibodies from people living with fibromyalgia syndrome. Again, that's FMS, fibromyalgia syndrome, and observed that the mice rapidly developed an increased sensitivity to pressure and cold, as well as displaying reduced movement, grip strength. In contrast, mice that were injected with antibodies from healthy people were unaffected, demonstrating that patient antibodies cause, or at least are a major contributor to the disease. So the mice, you know, uh, had co uh, cold sensitivity to pressure and cold, as well as displaying reduced movement, grip strength. Interesting. And furthermore, the mice injected with fibromyalgia antibodies recovered after a few weeks when antibodies had been cleared from their system. This finding strongly suggests that therapies which reduce antibody levels in patients are likely to be effective treatments. Hmm. Such therapies are already available and are used to treat other disorders that are caused by autoantibodies. And before we go into, you know, that the findings strongly suggest that therapies which reduce antibody levels in patients are likely to be effective treatments. Well, I know of a therapy that can reduce antibody levels in patients. It's called medical nutrition therapy. Typically in any autoimmune disease, we have to remove the foods that the person is allergic to, has sensitivity to, is intolerant of, no matter what the cause, because we want to eliminate the things that the body is seeing as some kind of attack and the immune system is responding to these, quote, foreign bodies. We want to fix via medical nutrition therapy a leaky gut, because when we have a leaky gut, that's a reason for these antibodies to appear, right? There are other reasons why antibodies appear. I was at a, a medical conference several years ago, and a Dr. Susan Blum, B-L-U-M, she's up in Westchester. I remember one of the most salient points she made about autoimmune disease is that when you get a vaccine of any sort, you know, your yearly flu vaccine, any of the vaccines, uh, your Shingrix, maybe your pneumonia, your COVID vaccines, all of these, any vaccine can spur an antibody response. That's what a vaccine is supposed to do. Don't get me wrong. That's what it's supposed to do. But she said 
And she said very cautiously, with any vaccine that you get, do not get tested for any autoantibodies like ANA, anti-nuclear antibodies. That would be a marker of any kind of autoimmune condition that's kind of brewing in the body because it will be positive. You have to wait a full three months after getting any kind of vaccine before being tested for any kind of autoimmune disease. Those of you, please keep that in mind, that after you've gotten a vaccine, that's not the time to go to your doctor right after to see if you have, you know, to get your other blood work, but sometimes they'll look at your ANA if there's an autoimmune process going on, because it may likely be a false positive, right? This is important information. So this study is looking at that the finding suggests that therapies which reduce antibody levels in patients are likely to be effective treatments. Such therapies are already available and they're used to treat other disorders that are caused by autoantibodies. You know, we're talking about immunosuppressant therapies. That's what they're talking about. Dr. David Anderson, the study's primary investigator, said, the implications of the study are profound. Establishing that fibromyalgia is an autoimmune disorder will transform how we view the condition and should pave the way for more effective treatments for the millions of people affected. Our work has uncovered a whole new area of therapeutic options and should give real hope to fibromyalgia patients. So I guess we can list fibromyalgia under other autoimmune conditions like the ones I mentioned, lupus, multiple sclerosis, celiac disease, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's, Hashimoto's, Graves, all of these, Raynaud's. Quote, previous exploration of therapies has been hampered by our limited understanding of the illness. This should now change. Treatment for FMS is focused on gentle aerobic exercises as well as drug and psychological therapies designed to manage pain, although these have proven ineffective in most patients and have left behind an enormous unmet clinical need. It's true. We've seen a lot of people come through our office complaining of FMS, fibromyalgia syndrome. Current estimates suggest that at least one in 40 people are affected by FMS worldwide, 80% of which are women. Ladies, what's going on here with us? Why is 80%? Mm. And is commonly characterized by widespread pain throughout the body, as well as fatigue, which is often referred to as, quote, fibrofog and emotional distress. It most commonly develops between the ages of 25 and 55, although children can also get it. Dr. Andreas Goebel, the study's principal clinical investigator from the University of Liverpool, said, quote, when I initiated the study in the UK, 
I expected that some fibromyalgia cases may be autoimmune, but David's team have discovered pain-causing antibodies in each recruited patient. The results offer amazing hope that the invisible, devastating symptoms of fibromyalgia will become treatable. Professor Camilla Svensson, the study's primary investigator from Karolinska Institute, said, Antibodies from people with fibromyalgia syndrome living in two different countries, the UK and Sweden, gave similar results, which adds enormous strength to our findings. The next step will be to identify what factors the symptom-inducing antibodies bind to. This will help us not only in terms of developing novel treatment strategies for FMS, but also of blood-based tests for diagnosis, which are missing today. Absolutely, I'm with that. Dr. Craig Bullock, Research Discovery and Innovations Lead at Versus Arthritis said, quote, fibromyalgia affects millions of people in the UK and can have a devastating impact on quality of life. It causes pain all over the body, fatigue, disturbed sleep, and regular flare-ups where symptoms get even worse. Quote, fibromyalgia is a particularly difficult condition to diagnose and manage because, it causes, because its causes are unknown. Well, I just told you a few causes of antibodies, right? Food allergy, uh, leaky gut, vaccine. These are causes of antibodies and they may all be contributing to fibromyalgia, which is now likely going to be listed as an autoimmune condition. So they say that fibromyalgia is a particularly difficult condition to diagnose and manage because its causes are unknown. This research shows that antibodies found in human blood can cause fibromyalgia-like symptoms in mice, suggesting that these antibodies play a crucial role in the condition. Further research is needed, but this offers hope to millions of people with fibromyalgia that an effective treatment could be found in the relatively near future. So again, this was released in July 2021, and it's new research from the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology, and neuroscience. And again, at, at King's College in London, in collaboration with the University of Liverpool and the Karolinska Institute. So this is very, very important new information. We've had a lot of patients come through our offices with fibromyalgia over the years. I've been working with Dr. Ronald Hoffman now since 2005, and really I've seen my share of many with fibromyalgia. And, you know, many of our treatments, including medical nutrition therapy, which is such a big bulk of it, is very helpful in reducing those symptoms. It's amazing how 
when you change the way you eat, you can change the way your body reacts. Imagine, I mean, just taking the condition of leaky gut. What is leaky gut caused by? A bad diet, bad, you know, bad lifestyle, party lifestyle, smoking, too much alcohol, too much use of NSAIDs, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which are, you know, your ibuprofen, your aspirin. Yes, aspirin is an NSAID. Your uh, naproxen sodium. So we're talking about aspirin, Motrin, or Advil, and we're talking about Aleve. Those particular drugs, which are the NSAIDs, they can cause a leaky gut. Did you know that the NSAIDs also contribute to, you know, the very stuff that your doctor tells you to take for your arthritis pain may also be contributing to, you know, the diminishing of that cartilage between your bones. So, and there's more and more use of it today. And you may be advised by your doctor, you're in pain, take, you know, take some Aleve, take some Advil or Motrin, take aspirin. Maybe you're on aspirin therapy for a previous heart attack. Follow your doctor's instructions on that if it's for cardiovascular disease. I'm talking about the use of NSAIDs solely for pain, right? Tylenol, Tylenol is not an NSAID. Acetaminophen, that's what Tylenol is, acetaminophen. It's not an NSAID. But you also want to be careful with Tylenol because regular use of it can damage your liver. Regular and extended use of Tylenol can damage your liver. But it won't harm your stomach the way the NSAIDs do because the NSAIDs can cause ulcer in the, in the, in, in your stomach, in your intestines, all of that. So it's very important to remember. And just a little aside about aspirin. If you are on aspirin therapy, meaning you're taking an aspirin a day, you need to take it on an empty stomach. Not the way you were told to take it at, quote, at night. This drives me a little crazy because at night means your stomach is empty. You've eaten dinner quite a while ago, I hope. I hope you're not eating dinner that close to bedtime. And uh, your stomach is fairly empty. That's not good. But Layla, my, I have an enterocoded aspirin. It doesn't matter because the long-term use of it can still cause ulcer. But Layla, I'm taking a baby aspirin. What? It doesn't matter. Long-term use of that, even a baby aspirin, can still cause an ulcer if you're taking it on an empty stomach. So please keep all of that in mind. So we're seeing more and more autoimmune disease, you know, in recent years and really in recent decades. And the question for all of us practitioners is why? You know, poor diet, poor lifestyle, toxins in the environment. I mentioned one of those contributing to a leaky gut that's smoking. But what about, you know, if you live in a big polluted city, what about all the household cleaners you're using? How toxic are, are they? You're inhaling all of those. Our bodies are elegant at protecting us, but we're talking about severe circumstances, too. If you're in a very polluted area, if you're near a lot of manufacturing runoff, if you live downwind of commercial farms where you're getting a lot of herbicide, pesticide going downwind your way to your property. I mean, we, all, we already know that glyphosate 
aka Roundup, you know, Monsanto stuff, Roundup, glyphosate, is used all over the world, practically, practically, or it's the most used herbicide in the world. I mean, billions of pounds of it a year. And it's so ubiquitous in the environment that it's even in the rain. It's even in the rain. So it's raining on us. It's raining on your beautiful organic garden in your backyard. It is happening. Of course, not to the amount that if you are physically yourself using the Roundup product, don't use that stuff. Go out and pull your weeds. Appreciate the weeds for what they do. Maybe not near your organic garden, but with your grass. They replenish soil. A lot of them are pretty. Wildflowers are weeds. They're beautiful. I like them in my yard. So you want to be careful what you use there. And start going out in the morning with your cup of tea or coffee or whatever you're having. For me, it's ginger tea lately because I love the flavor and the heat of it. I love the spiciness of ginger. Go out and weed your garden. It's good physical activity for you too. So again, we wonder about all of this autoimmune disease. Our physical environment needs to be cleaned up. We can all take part in that, in choosing what we consume, what we use, how we feed ourselves, because how we feed ourselves also includes many of those toxins. You know, we're talking about the antibiotics and hormones in your factory farmed, you know, commercial meat. You want to go grass-fed, you want to go organic as, as much as you can, as much as your pocketbook will allow. But I'll tell you, with inflation lately, they've gone way past the prices of organic chicken, at least in my neighborhood, in Queens here. <clears throat> so it's like, organic? More affordable now than the other stuff. It really is amazing what's going on. We'll see what happens with this economy but so this is very important information about fibromyalgia how it may going forward be classified as an autoimmune disease and hence be treated differently now it will be treated maybe with immunosuppressants among other things but it's good that they're finding this out because they can come up with other various tests tests to detect the types of antibodies that are associated with pain this is important in pain management as we see more and more of this becoming prevalent. Again, uh, the, ra- uh, the email to send me questions, topics of interest is radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. 
For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216. Or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. This is Layla Mutin, R.D., I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.